Well, good morning and welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. If you've been following along, congratulations, you've made it to Friday. Uh, I hope this, this has been a, an encouraging week for you as we've looked at the inerrancy and infallibility of God's Word. Uh, we've, we've tackled some pretty interesting topics this week, had a little bit of fun along the way. And so if you've missed one or two episodes, you can always go back and catch up. Uh, my name is Russell Fox. I'm here with Gavin Pratt. Say good morning, Gavin. Good morning, Gavin. <laughs> Uh, today we're going to look at Psalm 19. Uh, we're going to read uh, the perfect revelation, as I've heard one theologian call it. Not that there's an imperfect revelation contained in God's Word. But the perfect revelation in Psalms 119, that begins in verse 7 and goes through 11. And it says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Man, Amen. what a word. Why don't you kick us off in prayer? Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your creation. I thank you that we can stand before a mountain and just be in awe or feel the, the power of the sea as it crashes against us and, and be amazed at, at the power uh, therein. But as Job reminds us, these are but outskirts of your ways, Heavenly Father. And so I thank you that, that you have shown yourself in nature. You've displayed some of your attributes in the things around us. But God, we would be lost without your divinely perfect, inspired, sufficient word. God, you owe us nothing, but you chose to speak to us. And I thank you for that. May we not neglect it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there is a lot here, we're not possibly in the time we have going to be able to dissect this as thoroughly as, as either one of us are accustomed to doing on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not the intent of what we're doing. Right. Uh, and so here we see uh, just a beautiful picture of the sufficiency of Scripture, I think. Sure. Um, but, but because I think it's helpful that because on Monday we started out with general revelation and special revelation. I think it would be appropriate just to look at Psalm 19.1 for a half a second, just to say that, that uh, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Um, there are things all around us. I am not one that says that you can go out in a deer stand and get the same experience, or some people even say a better experience than Sunday morning. That's not the intent of this passage or general revelation, but it is to show us that there is a God. And so, um, you know, when I, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful? And that's Psalm 8. These are the things that we, when you look into the night sky, you are to think God. Mm, that's right. Um, th there's an interesting thing, and, I, and I'm going to mess this up terribly, but it seems that there's like a gap in the stars uh, around us. Uh, where they're not as dense, and it's almost like a window from what a meteorologist told me. And when they looked out through that uh, in a telescope one time, um, 
this is before the newer telescope. This was, what, I believe, with the Hubble. Some some companies rented the Hubble and looked out through that, and they, in a moment, expanded their their knowledge of the known universe, the observed universe in a moment, because they looked out through this window and, and, you know, scientists have no idea why there's this apparent window like, uh, component part of the, uh, of the universe. I think just God shows off every once in a while. Hmm. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. That you way. want to know what a billion light years looks like? Take a gander. I did that. And by the way, I just spoke it into existence. And, and by the word of, of my power, I hold it together. Amen. So a general revelation now, but, but that's not the point. Today we're talking about special revelation. The law of the Lord is perfect. Um, and it converts the soul. Well, yeah, but let, let's just start with perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, or the words of the Lord are pure. Psalm 12, 6 says the words of the Lord are pure words. Um. I think if we if we neglect any one of these, we end up with an incomplete understanding of Scripture, right? Maybe we believe that what is in the Bible is inerrant, but is it enough? Is it is it the perfect word? Could it have been better? Do we need more? You know, I'm telling you right now. And I'm saying this facetiously, and I will cringe to say it. I think God should have explained eschatology a little more clearly. <laughs> you know, I'm actually a Daniel 12 eschatologian, right? Uh, where he says these things are sealed up until the time of the end. Go thy way. You're not. You're not going to understand these. These things are sealed up until the time of the end. Or that Deuteronomy 29, 29. You know, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed to us and to our children. Anyways, perfect. So perfect. That means it can't be better. It's, it's enough. It's yeah, good. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. But I need more. No. Don't say more than these words say. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard full sermons, full sermons preached on stuff that the Bible never says. Because we know how they would have thought in that, that situation. Mm-hmm. Or we, we know, you know, th- th- this must be true. There are arguments not even from silence, as we've talked about before. They're just arguments from ignorance. Yeah. Plain made up wholesale and and preached full sermons. That's the point of the sermon was something that's not in scripture. Do you believe it's perfect? Do you believe that it's sufficient? All right. What's one of the effects of the benefits of the scripture? Well, it it converts the soul, it makes wise the simple, it rejoices the heart, it enlightens the eyes, it endures forever. I mean, there's so much there. One of the things I think that um we fall into the trap of when we're talking with people is thinking that we have to say more than what the Bible says or that we have to, you know, have some kind of witty response or whatever it is. And I know uh, like Sunday I I preached on missions and, and was just talking about how, you know, part of missions is confronting false teaching. Well, when we hear false teaching, a lot of times we get really quiet. Uh, People get really quiet when they hear false teaching because they're they're either trying to determine what the lie is or they're not sure how to confront it. And I made the statement, stick with scripture because it is perfect. It is sufficient. Just stick with what God has already given us. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you the worst case scenario for me. And it's happened on multiple occasions when, when I've done some marriage counseling and uh, people come in and, and literally I've gone, well, this is what the Bible says. 
And, uh, and they're like, huh. And you, it, they're zoned out. <laughs> and, and then, honestly, I've gone to pick up a book written by oh, the five love languages, J, uh, Gary, Gary Chapman. Chapman yeah. Gary Chapman. Uh, and there's, there's another few that in my office that I picked up and I've just said, hey, what do you think about this? And their eyes glow. Yeah. So what in the world? I, I literally have had that. And so, so ironically, one time I said, okay, well, let's start with one of those books. And, and somebody looked at me and said, I just want to, what the word says. And I said, great. You ready? Love your wife like this. Yeah. Love your husband like, well, but they do. Oh, if your husband's not living by the word, you without a word will win him over with your gentle and quiet spirit. Like that's what First Peter 3 reminds us of. So, well, my wife is not lovable. Oh, so are you to die for her like Jesus died for his bride? I mean, you, you go for all these, you know, excuses and it, I, let me stay focused. It's perfect. Amen. Preach it. So, uh, and then reviving the soul, man, I am just down. I'm beaten down. Well, you need to go to church more. Well, there's a sense that we need community and stuff, like, but the word, the word gives hope and encouragement. It's a good word. Gavin, I know you do a fair amount of counseling, and I do a lot of counseling myself. And one of the things that always strikes me is how often it is that people are coming in with, you know, some kind of issues like anxiety, depression, um, stress. Not that those things aren't real. They are. But it strikes me how often people are coming in dealing with these really weighty matters and neglecting the word. They're not spending time in the word. They're not. And, and it says here, rejoicing the heart. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I think so often we, we get trapped into, um, I don't know, busyness, excuse, whatever it is. And, and we talked previously this week about, you know, drifting away. Well, I think that it, it just kind of happens. We, we just sort of drift away. And next thing we know, we're sort of our ox, our proverbial emotional ox is in a ditch. We're, we're struggling, we're, you know, depression, whatever it is, but we've neglected the word. Yeah. Well, in, in our orientation packet, there's a cartoon, a Charlie Brown and Lucy cartoon, and and it's raining, and and uh, and he said, and Lucy looks out and says, um, "Boy, look at it rain. What if it floods the whole world?" And then, I guess that's Linus. Sorry, it's not Charlie Brown. That's but Linus. Yeah, yeah Linus. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, and he just says, you know, the the word says it. Promise is not going to happen like that again, and so. She's comfortable. Theology will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound theology has a way of doing that. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I always point people that are in that back to like Psalm 77, for example. You know, these psalms that provide the encouragement that rejoice the heart. Just, I think we have a forgetter. And if we read all throughout scripture, God is always saying, remember me, remember me, remember me. When he, when the, when Joshua crossed over the Jordan, they set up a memorial stone. Why? To look back and be able to look back and remember what God did, how he delivered them into the promised land, just like he said he would. And for future generations to be able to see what God did, Jesus at the, you know, the institution of the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me. I think so often what happens is that, that we, we forget God and we forget his goodness and we forget his deliverance and we forget his word and we get downcast. Well, it's a, it's it, for me, it's all, it's a matter of perspective. So, um, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. So you have this renewed mind, right? And, and the, the way that I, I view it is I could tell you, Hey, um, go home and clean your house. I want you to clean it top to bottom and I want you to cook a meal. 
Maybe you do it, maybe you don't. But I would imagine if you did it, you wouldn't be real happy about it. You'd be like, unless you love cleaning, you'd be kind of like, what in the world? I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? Why am I working on a, you know, a Friday night? But if I told you, hey, you know, one of your sons that's been gone away, let's say he he was over on a business trip for four years in some country or in the military or something like that. And I said, your son's coming home and he didn't know where to get, you know, where to write the letter to. So he sent it to the church and I'm just giving you this good news, go home and clean. And he's coming home. You're going to be dancing while you vacuum. Yeah. It's the same task, right? But you have a renewed mind. You have a better, I'll give you another one. If I said, Hey Russ, here's a pill right now. You take that and you'll be throwing up for months. I mean, you're just going to be sick as a dog. You're not doing it. I mean, I wouldn't do it. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm a glutton for punishment. And, you know, you always get those jokers that say, oh, I'd do it just on a dare. Mm -hmm. Most people would say, no. Drive up to Winston-Salem and look at the wing on Baptist Hospital that's for cancer. That says that a lot of people are willing to spend a lot of money to take drugs that are going to make them sick and lose their hair and nauseous for their good. Mm. Another last one, last one. It's about perspective. The last one that I tell people, I said, listen, would any of you ever, ever stab your kid with a piece of metal? And everybody says, nope, would never stab my kid with a piece of metal. I said, you would never pay somebody to stab your kid with a piece of metal. No, you'd never hurt your kid. No. Do you ever give them a shot? Well, why? Well, it's for their good. Suddenly with the change of purpose and perspective, you're comforted and you would desire things that you otherwise wouldn't desire. When God reminds you that all things are for your good, working together for your good. Trust me. Follow me. Like I, God reigns. He sits on his throne and he loves you. He's omnibenevolent. He loves you more than you can imagine. Trust him. Follow him. All right. So his word does that. Renews your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. And, and how much do we need that? You know, in the, in the times that we are constantly in, the times of uh, social unrest or whatever it is, you know, economic challenges, unexpected bills, you know, um, my car needs brakes, my oven needs to be replaced. I have no extra money, you know, that type of stuff. Oh, always me. Um, we come to the word that is perfect. It, it provides us with wisdom. It encourages us. It opens our eyes to a new perspective. I mean, there's so much value in this inspired and errant word of God. It absolutely befuddles me that we have so many people that neglect it. And those are the ones that believe it. Then you have, of course, the multitude of those who doubt it or discount it or don't believe it at all or whatever it is. And there's the riches of scripture are untold. There's no limit to the perfection of God's word. Right. And, and one, of the, one of the little triggers in my mind that raises a red flag is when I start pointing fingers out. Um, listener, you're going to have to trust me when I say I take my responsibility to know God's word very seriously and to preach it faithfully and well. And yet I don't know God's word like I want to and like I ought there are times I don't desire it like gold and, and much fine gold and, and sweeter than honey, the drippings of a honeycomb. There are times that I don't desire it like that. There are times that I'm not in it like I ought to be. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, I, I think it is a maturing and growing desire for God's word. And then as you test it out and try it out, you will find that that word 
um, is perfect. It's perfect. One of the things, one of the very first things you said to me was, is that I have nothing other than the word. And when we get to the place in our life, when we realize that truly is not just what we have, but it is all we have, I think then we have a good perspective. But unfortunately, our time is out. So All wisdom is contained in Christ. Yeah. That's what that's what Paul writes to us in Colossians, in whom all are, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is Christ. That's Colossians 2. Well, again, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this study and, and this week. I hope you have a great weekend. And if you're part of a body of believers, please, please, please make sure you're there. If you're not regularly in attendance in a church, please find one. Send under the authority of the preaching of God's word. Amen. And just, and just worship. Just find a place and worship because he loves you. And so with that, we'll see you hopefully on Monday. God bless.